This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Hupke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. Is this um, all right. Well, yeah, this addiction. It's the L record we're talking about. This addiction was released in uh, early 2010. February 23rd, 2010 is what um uh i, I my research tells me my my googling <laughs> uh it was after the last album was their one and only for epic they le- left epic because all the people that brought them there were all let go and they had like no ties so they were able to like just be released and just be done with epic and they uh liked the idea of going back to like their independent roots but uh at the time like Nine Inch Nails and Radiohead had like famously like self-released like their own albums and like were uh, like making a big deal about it or not a big deal, but a big deal was being made about that because they controlled, you know, everything about it, made all the money for it. And it was just all like directly reduced from the artist. So like Skiba actually talked about is that was part of the inspiration of releasing it like through that heart and skull label of their own, which is just like a basically an imprint or a subsidiary, a partnership type thing with Epitaph. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was like a little interview thing that said that um, he was excited to do that because they want to have the freedom to release exclusive things whenever they want. Um, now, I don't think they've ever done that. I mean, since that this is 2010, this is the first release on it. It's been 11 years and all they've done is like three albums. I mean, maybe, and maybe that weird little EP that came out that was the two song, the recent thing. Yeah, here, maybe. But I mean, they could have done that really anywhere. Like so far, they haven't done anything different than what they would have done already in their career, it seems. But you know, hey, whatever. It's their own their own jam. Um, they did take on a producer credit, though. It was produced by them themselves, Alkaline Trio, with uh, Matt Allison, the guy who worked with them on their early records. Like they brought him back because they wanted to kind of like go back to their roots. And they talked about that interviews and all that stuff, um, wanting to go back to their roots and their their punk rock origins that they've kind of strayed from a little bit. They still wanted it to be a step forward, but they wanted to have like an inspiration from their past more than the last few albums it had, um, which I, you know, I guess makes sense. You can kind of hear it. Yeah. Like there's the, I mean, the last one was supposed to have like that rock anthemic rock, like big sound to it and everything. Um. This is like a complete counter swing. Actually, yeah, I I, uh, I had also found that they, for most tracks, they try to use like minimal like guitar overdubs and stuff. And there's even some tracks that just have a single like guitar track on it because they wanted it to be like easy to play live and they wanted it to be just like organic sounding for them. Uh, yeah. So it isn't like kind of like overproduced or overwritten. It's just kind of just something they wanted to be like controllable in that way, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think um, with the Back to the Roots thing, I mean, you can, in the sound, you can kind of tell that's what they were going for, um, for sure. But I also, I think it was one of those, like, I believe they're like Vice articles where they have, like, the guy rank their albums or whatever. And they did it uh, with Dan, and he talked about this album and how they, like, you know, attempted to take that approach. And so I I think, if I'm remembering right, what he said is, like, they rented a, a, you know, apartment in Chicago. You know, Dan, Matt, and Derek, and, like, like all lived there while like during this recording process. But if I remember right, this one ranked pretty lowly on his list because of more like personal issues. It seems like they were all kind of going through some not so good stuff. And Dan just was like, yeah, it was like, you know, him and Matt apparently were getting fucked up a little bit too much maybe. And like, you know, yeah, you know, not having the best experiences people, but like, um, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, sound wise i think it i think it was a pretty like for me like a pretty good uh return to form i think after that last one for me like, yeah agony and irony was like yeah i look in my head like on paper i think i i think i confused my like memories of enjoying the albums i think i i for some reason thought this record i liked the least or like it was going to be my least favorite one and all that stuff i was like oh yeah yeah that's the one but uh that's not not i mean spoiler alert it's not the case this will not be my like least favorite ugly and true album but um 
yeah, I it's uh I think it was a good start to finish like record because I think they were like maybe because they were putting less restrictions on themselves and they just wanted to like just record like in a basic way like they did earlier on. I think it helped. I I did I think I read that same article or or listened to an interview about them. They talked about how like recording this they would just like get up and do their own thing and eventually they'd all end up at the studio together and they just continue recording and writing and everything but like there was no rec- real like stressful like time frame or timeline or anything they were just like working together gonna figure it out and it would all come together i think yeah that might, that attitude might have been what happened because um i also remember reading that it took like way too long to record. Like, you know, the plan wasn't necessarily like, oh, it's going to take, like, it was like the longest time frame they've ever had, I think, is what I read um, to record an album, you know? I came across this uh, thing. It mentioned that during their spring 2009 tour, like before recording this, um, they tested a lot of their new songs during their sound checks for their shows. And they basically treated their soundtracks as like a, uh, um, a pre-production. So they were just going to like go through and play a lot of those and like feel them out. And then they were going to pick the 10 best songs that they liked from there and then go record those. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, they clearly probably had a bunch others. You know, they had had more than 10 or 11 albums is what the album ended up with. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to know what some of those songs were. Because also the, uh, the, like the count from them all like Matt has like seven songs or eight songs to like Dan's three. So it's a little bit different um, as far as like the mix. Um, yeah. Yeah. It said that here's the interview I had right here. Skiba talked about how they, they both came up with an equal number of songs during the writing process. Um, but that it was easy to pick out which ones they wanted to use. Um, and that the three of them all have equal say in the creative process and they do a good job of leaving their, uh, leaving their ego at the door and that Dan and him are like not competitive at all, and they just partnered up and you know picked their best songs or picked the songs they all agreed upon for the record, which is only three to eight, three Dan, uh, eight Skiba songs, which is interesting. I think if we looked at it though, I think three to four Dan songs is probably a three is the low end, I think, but four like three or four Dan songs is I think the common uh, thing. You're actually that's true. Yeah, that's not like that's. That's not like widely at askew or anything. I think it could have used another Dan song in replace of one would would be fine. For sure, like with like knowing that Kick Rocks and like what is it, these lungs or the yeah, are like both like B sides for that album. Yeah. Those are those would have been either both of those would have been really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm curious. I wonder why they didn't do that. And I wonder why they wanted that specific time frame. I think ultimately the album tracks I have it here, thirty four minutes and thirty seconds. Um, previous albums were the last one was about 40 minutes long Um, Crimson was 43 minutes long Um, 39 minutes was Good Morning so like as far as our runtime goes another song would not have like thrown this album like off kilter or anything like having 12 tracks and everything but um, yeah it is what it is Uh, one other thing that I did note that I thought was interesting was um, reading about uh, some of the inspiration to some of the songs, but uh, Dorothy was really influenced by the film Blue Velvet. Um, mm. It's a, but it's a, a metaphor for someone and something else, is what it says. So there's a lot of like personal, like grief and loss and relationship like themes on the album that they were particular to like pull from because i guess they all had pretty tough years in between records um like leading into the writing of this one but yeah cool well um let's just jump into it then uh start your it's your pen and paper handy to start your your rankings and uh the opening song is the Uh, title track, This Addiction. Just like heroin 
song i mean if you even if you are not a fan of the album you listen to that song because it's the first song you're gonna like judge the album based on like how does this start uh, okay cool uh i got it i'm either gonna jump into this next one or i'm gonna turn this off at this point uh but i like it it's a uh, like we talked about it's just uh it's an alkaline trio song uh it is uh, not one of my favorites but it is not a bad song at all uh catchy and uh it's like got a driving guitar hook and everything. It's fun music. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I like it pretty good. I mean, uh, musically, it's it's good. It's uh, got that nice tempo and energy that I like for like an opening song um, from them. Never been like crazy about it, like lyrically or anything like that. A little bit weak for me, especially for like a title track type song. But um, yeah. you know, it's it's fine. It's a good song. Yeah, the, major uh, drives, you know, heroin and drug. Uh, references but again used as a metaphor here for like love and relationships or whatever um, but it's just kind of confusing because thinking back again about uh, my little needle where that wasn't necessarily a drug metaphor but people thought thought it was like the needle in the haystack but they thought like needle like a heroin needle so it's just like this cloud of like oh does well, yeah, got a I, heroin yeah, problem? I definitely was one of those people then this song comes out like oh man Eva yeah wow he's cards. just uh <laughs> off the wagon or on the wagon uh Whichever uh, one but it is, apparently, I'm not sure. Yeah, apparently never actually had that a drug problem related to heroin, I guess. It's just using that as a metaphor is just kind of interesting. Uh he's creating a cloud of mystery around him. Um yeah, I I got nothing really else to say about it. It it's an opening track, two minutes and thirty-five seconds, like straight to the point and up tempo. So I think it starts the record fine. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um Kind of weak for an opener. They're kind of known, in my mind, to have an album start out with like a really good opener. But and this one's okay, you know. But yeah, yeah. No, uh, no darkness in this song either. I guess so. As far as like a a memorable Alkaline Trio song, it doesn't have like something to like tie it to like that uh, aspect of the band either, you know. But yeah, this album might be a little bit light on that. Actually, thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I was trying to think about it. I think I like listening through i'm I'm thinking maybe there's like two like if we want to stretch it if we want to get our, our hands oh, hamstring worked, on that one, yeah yeah if we want to mr fantastic this thing you know uh yeah uh but yeah so we'll, we'll just move on i mean the guy just nothing really else to say about that song it's just it opens the album it does its job um is it the best no but it sets the mood uh the next song is uh the first dan song dine dine my darling and we'll play that here. Don't leave me alone. I'm waiting for this to be the last thing that I say. Well, if I drive real good, then I probably could get a couple more days. But the drugs are lame, so I'm looking for you to be the very last thing I see before I up and fly away. I'm counting on you to help push me through with something good to remember on my red letter day. Don't worry, I only feel the good thing. also um, you know what you go ahead and start it off well yeah i'll start it off i, I am curious to hear you have to say because i know in the past just in you know personal conversations this one seems to get lumped in with like the love love kiss kiss kind of songs and stuff for me i never have like that cringe feeling about it like yeah dine dine my darling he's definitely doing misfits die die my darling um but i mean it's dan like i think it, it's on brand for him to like kind of do something like that and it's kind of fun kind of creative just you know, Dan being Dan. And then the lyrics outside of that chorus are just really solid for me. Um, another drug reference, coincidentally, in this one, not metaphorically, I don't think, but um, 
And then musically, I also just find it, um, it's kind of keeping that energy going. Um, uh, yeah, th this is, th this to me is like, yeah, this is fine as the second track, but this is like the better, the better of the two songs so far, by far for me. Yeah, I'm, I was like, listening to it again, this album, I think I just like, I think I abruptly stopped listening to this album and like in my rotation as like a fan and all that stuff and never really went back to revisit it because I think I left with a certain idea of what it was and then never revisited to like validate that thought. Uh, but I think I was wrong um, across the board, like with it, with like feelings of it. Cause this song, I do have a memory of just really just not being a fan of it all but it actually is a, a good song. I mean, yes, the, the title, like the, that part of the chorus and the title, Dine, Dine, My Darling, exactly like you said. I'm not a fan of that, but it is a great song, great lyrics. It's got a, a really good tempo, but um, it's like one of those one where like Dan like crams a lot of lyrics and in the way that the melody and it's like strewn about the strong, like song, it's like really structured really well and pretty unique because of that. And the chorus is really good. Um, uh yeah i don't know it's a good song I, I definitely think that it's 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 a better song than this addiction and i actually think it's uh i've i misre misremembered and misallowed myself to uh like put this in a lower tier than it really is it's definitely a higher tier song uh at the end of the day um has some backing vocals by Skiba in it as well too just a little bit like nothing like it just stands out but i think there's more collaboration on this album than we heard in the last couple um, which is good to hear that back again. But I'm a, I I was wrong, and I'm admitting my wrongness in falsely remembering this song for worse than it actually was. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's yeah. and a, I think it's one of my you know I don't know for sure, but it's definitely like a higher tier on this album for me. Yeah, yeah, good a good jam. So you all can walk back your hot takes if you've shared those hot takes like I have. Um, it's good. It's a good one. We can put that to rest. Uh, next one, uh, lead poisoning. Uh, this is the song that features that, that trumpet, whether you like it or not. Um, I might happen to like it, but, uh, there's people I apparently did not. Uh, but yeah, here's lead, lead poisoning track three. Choking slowly, broken hearted. See if I can get to the uh, trumpets. A little trumpet action at the end of the song. Uh, yeah. I like that song. It's got a weird... Uh, I mean, it's not like you know, as much as they want to like go to their punk rock roots and like pull up stuff from the past or like make it more feel of that. This song is, you know, got some pop to it and doesn't necessarily like echo old Alkaline Trio songs to me. Uh, but I still think it's really catchy and I, I do like this song um, for sure. It does have that riff going for it. You know, that's kind of maybe a little bit more reminiscent of, that, you know, kind of driving. Oh it, yeah, but, yeah. Once we get you know, into agree, the bridge, it's yeah. Definitely not. You know, um, I like this song quite a bit. I um, I don't know why anyone would be upset about the trumpet. I mean, like I didn't ask for it or necessarily want it, but I don't think it hurts the song at all. It you know, it'd be weird to have it without the, the trumpet at this point. I think you know, you kind of yeah. get used to it, but especially after the um, the last album had I found a way, which was just like, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't get. Yeah, they they did that. If they can do that, they can definitely have a trumpet on a song. It's not a big deal. Um, this song, I think, has like a lot of like 
alliteration or close enough to alliteration going for mm-hmm. it lyrically. It's just like so fun to me. Like I just love that. Uh, I mean, it's not like you know saves the day level type stuff or whatever, yeah. but like it's it's um, it's still it, yeah, it's just pleasing. It's very pleasing and just kind of clever what he does here lyrically. I think so. Yeah, um, I, I'm a big agree. fan. Yeah, I like the song a lot. Catchy and good, yeah. Um, the only reason I said that about like the review, there was like a critic review that said, uh, in specifically about this song, the goofy NoFX-esque trumpet solo turns a decent song into a throwaway track. Uh, one man's opinion. Um, I don't. I don't agree. I think it without without that really. Like, what is the memorable element to like make you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one song. I like that song. Like this one just gives it a bit of a unique like flair to it um not that it's a throwaway song either but it you know it's an extra layer it's just like kind of spices it up kicks it up a notch you know emerald um yeah so that was track three track floor track floor track four dead on the floor uh we'll play now nautical reference uh on the album i feel like it comes up like like way more like like was the local bar there at did it have like some like uh what are those steering wheels for a boat called you know like what what would you call that the little wheel the navigation yeah, I know wheel, what you're talking about. or some boat or some anchors yeah it had some like just nautical theme elements you know uh, there were some maps on the wall it had to have been a team builder that they did on like they went sailing on Lake Michigan to gear up for the album, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they learned yeah. a few terms and then... uh brought it back here. Uh I think this is a great song. In my head, like I knew I wanted to talk about it, but not to say that they're just trying to like rip themselves off or anything. And not even that this is what they were feeling per se, but this gives me like some like radio vibes. Like I think with the way that like kind of depressing like guitar lead like the dun, 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 dun. like it, yeah, yeah, it no, just I, sounds I really good. Hear that, yeah. Um, and then it's obviously a, a about a, like a failed kind of relationship vibes and um, just something not working out to what it could have been and uh, versus like what they thought it could have been and everything. Like I don't know, just like to me it like kind of like calls back to that. So I do love it for that and i do love that even though it's a slower you know slower to mid-tempo song like the drums have like a lot of fun and like they're really like playful in it to not like make you bored or anything even through it um and just the chorus kind of like you know kind of keeps you through it but i i love this song i think this song is um the first like big hit for me on the album yeah i've always been a really big fan of this one um and you know, Aaron, I remember kind of being like, "Yeah, that just song just drones on and on, and it kind of does. It's kind of a longer song though, mm-hmm. um, you know, so yeah, four minutes and twenty seconds. It's the longest song uh, on the album. It just feels kind of long at times, but I've always liked the song bro. musically, and then um even you know the lyrics I think are solid. Um, I don't know though, I also like the previous two songs quite a bit though, so it's not like for me, this is like the first kind of big you know yeah coming in but um I'm, this one's kind of keeping it up like it's awesome for this album to not have like you know by this maybe not by this point but soon after this point in um irony and irony we were like oh fuck yeah a couple of songs that we you know personally aren't really into and it kind of went on that streak i don't really think 
I don't have the track list in front of me, but I don't think this album will take us on a, a journey like that. So no, no, I think this. I mean, even the worst of all four of these songs so far is still like a solid B. You know, B minus with like this addiction, maybe maybe C plus. Uh, but the other three for sure are like good, like stand out, like boom, like solid songs. This is, I mean, to me, this is my favorite. Like it's just been kind of like an uphill climb for me. But yeah, Lead Poisoning and Dine Dine My Darling, both great showings too. So this album um, has a great start so far. Um, that leads us into the American Scream, uh, which in interviews... Um, Skiba talked about this being uh, inspired by the suicide of a U.S. Army soldier after his return from the war in Afghanistan. Um, and so he did say, like, for a long time, we were afraid to write overtly political songs. But I read this article about a U.S. soldier that came back from a tour of duty and blew his head off on his mother's grave. And I wrote a song about that. Um, so that's what it's about, if you wanted to know. Uh, but American Scream, track five from This Addiction. kind of hear i mean just the that's how they found me in the cemetery the smoking yeah. gun in my hands now i'm damned for the land of the free uh like it's clear like that's what it's about now knowing that story and everything um i do like the lyrics too they uh they've worn out all the prayer in their hearts you know like the uh what another catastrophe you know what's thoughts and prayers is always the default thing to go to like uh for like a you know conservative type or a a you know, a pro-military type. Not that I'm saying one way or the other that it's a political in that way, but uh, I just like some of the the lyrical references to just like yeah, the, 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 the national response to the things or whatever. It's like you know they used to put the ribbons on there to like remember. I think it was like missing soldiers or something. That's mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm a bit yeah. I like I like the lyrics on this one too. I think it might have been the last, or I might have even said this before. Where I was like, yeah, this band for me, like when they do political stuff, it doesn't really come off that great to me um this song i think comes off way better like it's just like the lyrics are a little bit more thought about out a little bit for me than maybe like some of the couple of previous and it's a rare attempt for them to do that but like it's come up a couple times where i've been kind of like eh, yeah this doesn't land quite right but i think this is well done and um i don't think there's any like humor in this at all like there's like you know metaphors and analogies and everything but it's just you know kind of a a sadder or darker song lyrically and it's got really driving music and everything. I love when it kicks into that chorus and like yeah. the, 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 the drums just kind of like, just like flip that kind of that feel to the whole song with a do, 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 like, um, yeah, that's a, really I good. like the song. It's a good song. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. We're five songs in and the worst song is the title track. The first one. Uh, and that's not even a bad song. So, so it's pretty good. Um, yeah, the uh, next one is our next Dan song, um, Off the Map, trap six, track six from This Addiction. So I'll play that now. I needed more wine, you needed more sleep. We just fought two hours and seven minutes. Honestly, I'm surprised we made it. I retire to my chair, I grab my new guitar But I can't make a sound You could hear poisonous pins dropping 
guitar that comes in there is really good too like that riff um which is really weird because the song starts for me like a straight up classic dan like he's got like the palm muted like 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 it's hey like spotlight on me guys like this is my chance to just throw some lyrics at you uh like talk about my new guitar my comfy chair my home that i'm just trying to always paint this picture of this you know this problematic relationship i'm kind of struggling through uh, like it's a classic, uh, like Dan, like setting the stage. Uh, but then when the chorus comes in, it's great. Uh, but the second times the cor- the second time the chorus comes in, he doesn't keep the music like palm muted and kind of quiet like that. He lets like that cool riff come back in, and like you hear like the whole layering of the whole entire song together, and like Skiba like singing the backing vocals with it. Like it just hits like out of the gate great and gets greater like this i love this song nautical references up the wazoo too yeah i I love this song as well if anything we this whole time should have had a a counter on dan talking about sitting down in a chair yeah because this is not a you know this is for sure a recurring theme and then for this album in particular yeah it needs the nautical counter because this is number two song number two that has that but um no this is a this is an awesome song dude i just i love this song um just yeah, Dan really just kind of tells a story with it throughout, and uh, yeah, this is a this is a good one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I think the only thing that's missing is he's not talking about a bottle being empty or a cigarette being like fully it's like smoked or extinguished. You yeah, know, no. like he just well, he's needed a older, to like... so he, at this point. So he says, "I needed more wine." You know, yeah. Well, so, I guess that's yeah. true. The first line is he talks about he's out of it. Okay, <laughs> never mind. This just has literally every staple <laughs> that you'd want in a Dan song. This is the perfect like blueprint for Dan's greatest hits. Uh, best best one. So good. No, I think there's um, just a lot of clever, you know, kind of lyrics in there too, though, aside from like the kind of the normal dance stuff that we're used to. Um, well, the normal dance stuff we're used to is him being really clever, though, but like, you know, his like, I can ride the storm out because I'm a junkie for your smart mouth. I don't know. He just yeah, has like I some love that line. really kind of clever ways yeah. of uh, explaining his situation. They also, they also uh, the phrase um, like silver lining, you know, like the good side of things and everything, he mentions that himself in this song. There's actually a second reference to silver lining um, in a later song of this from Skiba. And I was like, again, maybe they were on their, um, you know, uh, Trust well, Fall Tour. Lead poisoning, right? Silver Lake, Mercury mining, this mistake. No. Those silver linings. Yeah, 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 yeah. That must yeah. have been it. Uh, so this is the second time that a silver lining reference has come up, which the uh, small business that I started, the little comic book shop, like imprint, is silver lining comics. Because I've always loved that phrase. Um, and like when it's used in songs too, I always try and like make a playlist with like silver lining references. Like there's the filth song that AFI covered. Um, mm-hmm. Desperation Train by Death by Stereo. Um, there's there's Mark, like a few. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, it's a great movie. That movie? Uh, yeah, one of the best movies of all time. You know, this just uh, I've actually never seen it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I like I Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it's good. Be Um But yeah, this this is a great song. Um, yeah, I mean. Put this on your best of if you're making your own greatest hits for an alkaline trio like playlist or anything like that at all. I think this song deserves to be on there for sure. Uh, it's very very good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, next song, this is the one song I'm trying to make a case for to like throw on the darkness count because um, we're at a zero right now, six songs in uh, with the old darkness count, but we've got double nauticals and double silver linings, but no darkness at this point. Double nauticals. Uh, That's like the double nautical stars that you got on your chest too, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. um, it's from my my famous stars and straps days. You know, back when I drove that truck, you know, back and forth to the uh, bike shop. Uh, I don't know what the bike. <laughs> yeah, shop Matt Hoffman's BMX bike shop. I yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Dave Mira, Dave Mira's uh, 
freestyle, freestyle BMX shop was the one I preferred. Oh. Matt, Matt Hoffman was more of a ripoff, you know. He was a pro BMX bike shop, I think his was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, next song, track seven, uh, Drac- Draculina. I believe it's pronounced maybe Draculina. <laughs> uh, well, well, I guess we'll hear it in this song. They'll, they'll, they'll clarify for us. <laughs> Give us a little one verse, one chorus, like kicks the song off and then just kind of continues on from there. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on old Draculina? Apparently, is how it's pronounced. I, you know, I've always been a fan of this one. Yeah, I know that it's like a cheesy song and like whatever. Uh, it's not t- terribly cheesy to me. I mean, um, Aaron was one of the, you know, first time I'd be like, God, it's so like too over the top, you know, with like a, it's kind of, uh, you know, just cheesiness i guess in his view but for me i'm I'm always been good with it like i think it's it's kind of fun lyrically um i like the music um in terms of the evilometer or whatever i think um <laughs> evilometer oh we should have been saying that the whole time not the darkness counts the evilometer <laughs> yeah it's uh i actually thought you were going to try to say that for dead on the floor but for this one i can kind of see that like um yeah I I mean I I say it because I've got a demon in mine and she's standing beside my dark secret talking about leaving heaven uh, behind and the angels can keep it. Like, this one for sure is about like a dominatrix though, right? <laughs> like, I'm dead serious, uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I mean it's like, is there is there a relationship here? You know, is there are they uh, is there and something bull, that they're talking about there? He mentions bull whips though too, and bull yeah. whips, baby. Um, yeah, his dark secret dude. He likes yeah. whipped around. That's you know, it Maybe. very well could be. You know, if that's that's his thing, that's his thing, and this is just his way to like kind of sing it out. You know, yeah, uh, yeah I I like this song. Again, it's one of those like mid tempo ones that. Um, doesn't really catch you off on like in a boring vibe or anything. Um, I do like the playfulness of the chorus. I like the it is like dials it up to eleven with like the evil around <laughs> the uh, evil o what do you say evilometer is what I call evilometer. It. Yeah, yeah, it does dial it up like hard because the rest of the album hasn't really like sprinkled it in at all. Um, so I think that's why it kind of jumps out. Um, but I, I still like it. I think they're, it's all good, uh, good fun and good, uh, descriptive like nature of, of kind of telling this story and painting this picture. Um, I like it. I think it's a little cheesy as far as like a title and like, you know, a name it's, it's, it's on that same level for like dine, dine, my darling. Like I'm not, I'm not proud to know that that's the title and that's like the, the chorus line, but really it doesn't negatively impact the song for me at all. Yeah, it's a little cheesy. I, I don't know why, like, the cheese ball aspect is something that, like, you know, seems to bother people. And, and some of the songs that bothers me, too. This just isn't one of them. Yeah, but, um, I agree. Because, like, there's certain bands where, like, that wouldn't be an issue at all, right? It's like, well, that's what yeah. they do. But maybe it's because this band does kind of, like, you know, a lot of time hit on a more personal level, maybe. And so when they do something... I'm just thinking, like, yeah. like if it were the Misfits and they had, like, Vampire or whatever, like, you'd be like, oh, whatever, that's what they do. I don't. I don't listen to that band. It's like relate to them in any way, you know. I think coming from their roots of like that personal, like real personal, like vein they tap into, and then they get into, they find and get into their like dark humor. I think it's when like 
when it's more humor than darkness is when some people are probably like, oh, that's cheesy. But honestly, it's all the same to me. It's on brand for them and everything, you know? So, like, I'm a, like I don't have a problem with this one here. Sometimes they can be a little cheesy, but I, I don't know that that's not Alkaline Trio at all. I think that's definitely just who they've clearly become. And at this point, this album number 72 or whatever this is. Oh, album seven. Um, because they had the little seven little logo thing. Oh, that... Uh, Derek Grant apparently designed and somebody else kind of refined. I mean, I don't know what effort it took to just, you know, put a little seven up with a little church on it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a sidebar there. Uh, But yeah, this is on brand and fine. And um, I think a good song. Where are we at? We are going into track eight. Uh, This has the explicit tag on Apple Music. Um, Just and any children listening at all, just cover your ears. Uh, But this is Eating Me Alive, track eight from This Addiction. I found you outside like a sunrise that melted my eyes from my skull. Cause I turned into ash before my sweet demise The end of me was so beautiful Well now you're stuck in my head like a love song Climb to the top of the charts How the fuck could something be so right and so wrong All the wrong words but all the right parts You can't sit there and tell me that I didn't try And I can honestly tell you that I never lied I can't stand this dark feeling, the shark eating me all right uh i'm gonna skip to the end to hear that like last little verse part where skiba gets all the feels That's my favorite song on the album. This is like the best. I I mean, that weird synthesizer they kick it off with is like, huh, okay. Uh haven't heard any of that yet, but I guess we had a trumpet earlier. Um, uh, so we'll just take whatever we get. But it totally works for me. Cause in my head, like he, he talks about in that second verse, um, stuck in my head like a love song that climbed the chop the time to the top of the charts. It's like is, oh, he's like channeling his like 80s new wave, like The Cure or Depeche Mode or something like that. And the synth, okay, that kind of like fits in my mind. Like I, I'll connect it all together. Uh, I just think it starts low, builds high. And then when it gets to the end right there with that last part and like he just like totally raises his voice and uh, sings it into that chorus again that then makes the chorus have a different feeling because he's like shouting it out like that. Uh, I I think this song is just fantastic. One of my favorites for sure. Yeah, I love this song too. Um, super relatable too. Just uh, personally, you know, just those, those, that chorus, you know, it's just like oof. Um, but I also like what you're saying too. Like it starts out like you're kind of being like, okay, he's doing you know his cure thing or something. He's doing like a Robert Smith kind of thing or something. But then as it goes on, that's like it turns because then it's like you know now you're stuck in my head like a love song. The words I can never forget. Actually, that might have an evilometer reference right there because it's like it's a suck on your neck. Anyway, yeah, um, it is. It is. I'm gonna make that argument here for, for this it, being a it darkness. It might need to be in there, but uh, yeah. No, this this is a great song. Um, yeah, this is like one that I never get tired of listening to. It's just like it's just fun to listen to. It's uh, and that's the thing too. It's like so they have a synthesizer in this one, but then somebody's pissed off about a trumpet being on the other song. It's like okay. yeah, I don't I don't get it. I mean. Doesn't does not hold water or whatever that phrase is. Doesn't bear weight. There's a phrase that something in those. So you yeah, can well, find whatever. something one of those. Um, but yeah. But as far as the darkness count, yes. Uh, the neck uh, sucked on your neck for so for way too long and drained every last drop out of you. Um, but then there's 
in the chorus, I can't stand this dark feeling, the shark eating me up inside. He says dark feeling. He's just putting it out there. Darkness, dark feelings. It's uh, overtly there for us to just stretch out. Uh, Next song, we jump into the old piss and vinegar. Uh, Track nine on this addiction. Well, I'm piss and vinegar again. And I is in a rattle and shed. And I encircle you like a fur on a school as you slowly fight your way to shore. Well, I'm piss and vinegar again. And I needed this like a new hole in the head. I'm hiding out in the drink, floating, waiting to sink. My great white teeth into your sweet bones. That's a shorter song. It does come back with a little bit of a like bridge final like verse thing with the supernatural disaster like line and all that stuff. I do like how it brings like a second form of energy to it before it rounds it out. Um, almost more some some nautical again. Like he talked about this like the shark eating me up inside and in eating me alive. Mm. Like. Uh, not that that's overtly nautical, but like sharks, uh, but in this as well too, um, he talks about like piranhas in the, in the beginning. Um, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm hiding out in the drink. Uh, I float in waiting to sink my great white teeth into your sweet bones. Oh my God. I never actually like, put that together in terms of the, the old great white teeth talking the, about that shark the out there in the old ocean. You know? yeah. That's a uh, nautical nocturnal nautical what it is man um this song this is a solid song and it's like it's you know somewhat classic alkaline trio sound to it i think um mm-hmm. it's got some little like, backing vocals sing-along type vibes to it too i do like um again like i said we haven't really like overtly pointed it out but there has been a lot of like backing vocal or like supported singing and ha- compared to like the last couple albums of each other um, yeah, um, I've always liked this song. I thought this song would place higher for me, but I'm just looking at like it's it's been a pretty solid album to this point. So it's um it's kind of kind of be where it is where it is, but like it's um yeah, this is this is a good song on a good album, and I don't really skip that. None of these songs really get skipped by me. Yeah, they don't so far, um, and that matters mm-hmm. when you're listening to a start to finish album um or if you're getting paid for streams <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't skip uh next song then we're almost done with the album uh two songs left uh dorothy is the next song track 10 on this addiction It's like the flickering of lights They've got their bright ideas But we've got bigger fish to fry Found you out there on your doorstep Undressed to the nines From your Sunday best Black and blue velvet dress Your head's a mess and so is mine Oh Dorothy, I'm coming home I hope you're waiting there I know times have been tough on you That also has a, a a second kind of like bridge verse that it's a strange world, isn't it? Um, yeah, strange time to be living in. Yeah. yeah. I like that little part. Again, adds a little bit of flair. This totally, like we've talked about, they both write two closers. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to write a closer. You're going to write a closer? Okay, cool. 
Um, this was clearly his closer. Uh, it's like got more meat to it. It's um, the second longest song on the album, almost. Um, actually, technically, Draculina's two seconds longer than this. But uh, this is still, compared to the rest of the album, one of the longer songs. Um, and yeah, uh, I like it. I think it's a good song. It's definitely got more weight to it and trying to set it up with some music and trying to kind of have more of a, a banging kind of like chorus, like sonically. I think they're just like all the instruments are like fully un- unleashed, I think, on it uh, with that chorus. Um, doesn't quite stick with me. Like I'm not as hooked by this or excited to like re-listen to it. But when it starts playing and the chorus comes on, I'm like, I'm not skipping the song. I'm like, oh, you know, no, I'm going to I'm gonna hear this through. It's a good song. But uh, it's like not at the top of my list as far as ranking in this album. Yeah, I don't have any major qualms, DJ qualms, with this uh, <laughs> uh, song. I, It's definitely not my favorite on the album or anything. It's, it's not necessarily a skipper, but... Um, skipper would be a nautical. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, it's on brand for the album. I'm not a skipper. Um, just, it's a, it's a little... It's just not that exciting for me. That's all, like, musically or even lyrically. Um, it doesn't do a lot for me, but it's, like, it's definitely not a bad song by any, you know, any means for me. Um, Undressed to the nines. Yeah, it, it, it does some interesting <laughs> stuff in there. But um, the um, but I, I talked about how this was inspired by Blue Velvet. Um, that built, I hadn't but, heard, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But it's built as a metaphor for someone and something else. Uh, some David Lynch, you know, mythology in that already too. Like we don't really know. Like here's ten clues to unlock Mulholland Drive. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is there's a metaphor oh. for someone and something else. Uh, but it does talk about that. It says from uh, from your Sunday best black and blue velvet, uh, black and blue velvet dress. He mentions blue velvet specifically, which is I just heard that back here now after reading that. Like oh, you just overtly say blue velvet, like in a slip it in there. It's interesting. Um, Skibo has a few of these songs that are just like um, a woman's name title, and like the chorus is kind of driven by just that title. Like he um, on the future album will have that song "Crystalline," and then on his solo album has Olivia on the first uh, Secrets album. Hmm. I don't know. That's just something I noted in my head. Yeah. Like, huh? He likes to do that sometimes. Title it up. Doesn't want to go with the old dine, dine, my darling route and uh, decides to go uh, a little more, maybe simpler, but also making it clear that what his message is for an individual. Um, but we come on to the real album closer here. Dan's third and final track and final track of the album. Uh, it's fine uh, from this addiction track 11. addiction song without a nautical reference there at the end uh captain of his boat and all the shipmates are fools and uh all the stars in the world couldn't help him steer his way out of this kiddie pool um yeah definitely like they throw on 
um, like strong, like a, a, a musical intro and then like a slow burn builds. And then they're just trying to have like some splashy, crashy, like chorus in both these last two songs. But this one, I'm just more interested in listening to than, than Dorothy. Like, I definitely think this one works best as the closer for sure. And I, this one does stick out to me more um, as being like memorable. And I'm a fan of this uh, more so than the previous one. I think this is a good song from Dan and a real strong closer for this album. Yeah, I agree. Super good closer. Um, you know, this type of song, I don't necessarily always just want to like jump to, to listen to, but like, you know, if the mood strikes kind of a deal like this, this is um, a really solid song. And I think he, and this one does some really fun things lyrically as well. Um, like the storm knocked out my superpowers. Now I sleep through thunder showers. Yeah. Wake me when you learn to be cool. I don't know. It's just like, I just love what he's doing with this one um, lyrically. And um, the music's fun too. It's kind of got that, you know, slower build, like you said, like that kind of classic closer song kind of thing yeah. going for it. but. Um. Yeah, good song. Listening to the uh, live album version of this, like you know, you, you you don't have that clear, crisp clarity of your vocal delivery. You get a little rough and everything. Um, hearing yeah, Dan just kind of like croon this one out with that gravelly growl that he you know, he'll get when he kind of gets live. Um, I think it makes it sound even cooler. Um, I like the sound of that. I love to hear a, a hot water music cover of this just to get, just dial that gravel up to fucking a thousand, you know, like, yeah. w- what is he going to do with this? You know, like uh, that could be cool. You know, that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that closes the album out. Uh, 100% rewriting the history books in my mind of what this album is as far as like quality and um, delivery from Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Um, before we share where obviously we place it in our album rankings, mm-hmm. uh, let's share our breakdown of our favorite songs. Uh, I'll let you start with your number one ranked track on this album. Is that how we do? Or do we start with the worst? We start with the best. We do. Yeah. Like we build it up to make. That, like, oh man, oh no, you're right, right. I guess we 100% start with the best. I mean, you want to go backwards? We can go backwards. No, let's keep it consistent here. So, okay, right. number one, I didn't, I didn't want to reveal anything at the time. We were getting a little animated there, but my number one song on this is Eating Live, dude. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That is my number one song in this yeah. album as well. Yeah. That yeah. is a great song. Um, we don't have to say anything more about it, just it's that good. We already said it about it anyway. What's your number two? What's your deuce? Deuces is uh, off the map. Off the map. That's a good one. Not my number two, though. My number two might be surprising. Uh, Dead on the floor. Oof, that is a surprise. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I said, it's got that mid-tempo sound to it, but I think once it just starts swelling and kind of like builds, it's good. It is long, 100%, uh, but, you know, there ain't no skipper on this ship. You know, we, uh, this this album, uh, Stands tall, Gilligan. So I think we're uh, we can keep that there. Dead on the floor was my two. Your three. Yeah, this is where it gets kind of tough. There's a lot. Of, there's some different songs that could slot in here, but I actually went with uh, gun lead. to your head, dude. You went what? Uh, lead poisoning. Lead poisoning. Good. The old trumpets did it for you. It, Got yep. your old horn blown there. Sounding the seventh trumpet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that was an album of theirs. I don't know. Yeah, or okay. if it isn't, it sounds just like one. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, my three was off the map. So nice. also love the song. It just slotted in three for me. Uh, so four. What did you got four? Number four. This might shock some people, but you know, unapologetically have always liked this song. It's uh, "Dine Dine My Darling." Wow. Yeah, it's a good song. I'll, uh, you'll be surprised where it fits for me. Maybe you won't be. Uh, my number four, Piss and Vinegar. Um, I just like the way that song kind of bounces back. And maybe because it like starts sonically different coming right after Eating Me Alive. But then it gets into that chorus. And with an ache in my heart and a thorn in my side, you know, I just, I'm just singing along, crying my eyes out, front row hammered in a tuxedo t-shirt, you know, just having a good time listening to that song. That's, uh, yeah, you know, that's a good song. It's my second favorite song titled Piss and Vinegar. 
but um yeah the against me song uh is a good one uh, it's a better well. one probably but yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're five uh five i've got dead on the floor dead on the floor good mm-hmm. i agree with that uh, my five is dine dine my darling Oh, wow. I am surprised it's that high for you, honestly. But yeah, Yeah, it's a good song that I poorly remembered. Uh, And like outside, like I said, and during this song, outside of that little, the line and the cheesiness of it, which it really in reality isn't bad at all. uh, It's just fun. Uh, The lyrically and delivery of this song, all great. Like it's just a really good song. So six. Six, I've got uh, Draculina. Oh, interesting. Uh, yes. I, I started to slot that one a little bit higher, but then I was like, it was tough because it was a line. Like I was like, well, then something's got to be like lower than this. And I was kind of like fighting myself. But uh, my six also might be a surprise. The American Scream. Um, yeah, that, I mean, not too shocking. That one, like, e- that one was tough for me. Like I kind of wanted to place it higher, but it just kind of started to slide as like more and more songs were listened to. Um, yeah. But I like that song quite a bit. Yeah, so what do you got seven then? So seven, and this one's still tough, but I've got uh, Fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine choice. It's a fine song. Fine song, fine choice. Fine number seven from album seven. Uh, this is where lead poisoning slots for me. Um, <clears throat> and easily, like, it could be above American Scream. Um, I don't know if it will be above Dine, Dine, My Darling for me, but it's around there. It fights in the pack there but it just shook out their seven for me. Great song, but uh, yeah. What's your eight? Uh, number eight, I've got the American Scream. Okay. Right. Yeah. I have Fine, so similar range on your list there. Uh, so that goes to your nine. So nine, and I like this song a lot, but uh, as I wrote it down here, it's Piss and Vinny. Uh, Piss and Vinegar dropped all the way to nine for me. Wow. Good song, though, but it just that's kind of where it ended up. Yeah, mine, uh, my nine is Draculina. Um, again, I still like, this is all, I would say, B tier, like B grade, like still really good writing and all that stuff. So like a lot of these things could kind of re be reshuffled and everything. I mean, A to me is those top three for me, for sure. The rest of these so far, um, still solid, still great. Love them. But that's just where Draculina shook, shook down for me. Yeah. So ten. So ten. You. I've got this addiction. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, so I think we have the we both have the same final two, but just in a different order. Mine's Dorothy for ten, and then that makes your eleven. Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah. And that my eleven is this addiction. Yeah. Uh, I think both those songs are C tier. I'll say. Uh, like better than things off of some previous albums still like on the last two there uh those songs are definitely better than some of like those previous albums worsts for sure uh it just worked out this way for this album for me yeah i mean i agree it's it they're a little ways off from the other kind of mid-tier songs we were talking about and pretty far off from like the for us i guess our top kind of choices um still though not like still good songs like nothing wrong with those songs but it just actually shows how solid this album is, honestly, where it's like, it's, it's, it's you know, the, at this horse. point, this is their seventh album. So there's, it's not necessarily like, oh man, this is their best shit ever. But like, you know, from top to bottom, this, this is a good album. Yeah. There's no, like you said, there's no skippers, which on some albums, there have been skippers for us. Um, so I'm actually slotting this in right now. Uh, I'm going to lock it in. going to let the audience know it's been locked in when my spot here. And let's break down where our current album ranks are. Uh, if you want to go first, if you know where it lands for you. I do know where it lands. I'm, the only thing I'm concerned with is that I may have swapped possibly a couple times now. Crimson and Goddammit. I'm not too sure. I don't think I did. But anyway, I'll continue on. So number one remains From Here to Infirmary, followed by Good Morning, followed by Crimson, followed by Goddammit, followed by This Addiction. And then maybe I'll catch fire. Still trailing up the rear, agony and irony. Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm gonna shock the world with this one here. Yeah. Uh, I'm, no. Okay. I did put too much weight in that. It okay. is. I think gonna be surprising though. Uh, number one, this addiction. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, number one for me is still crimson. Number two for me is still good morning. Number three is still from here to infirmary. 
Uh, number four, maybe I'll catch fire, but it was a tough one right there. Uh, number five, this addiction. Like it almost took number four for me. But saying yes. that, I'm also saying I'm sliding this above God damn it for me, uh, right above God damn it. Because um, I'm just thinking like Cop is a skipper, you know, like I skipped that song when I like both great albums, both like super sure. memorable. I'll put them, I'll put God damn it on all the time just to listen to it and like have like just some great classic like love for the album and it'll play through and everything but if i'm gonna ultimately try and think about it more like critically like where would i put this for myself there isn't a skipper on this album so i think it deserves a little bit more weight because of that um they've settled into a groove they're not maybe as like dynamic or raw like they were early on they're more refined but the very 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 excellent showing on this album uh and then the old Rear Admiral, Agony and Irony. So, last one for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, a different order, but this, to this point, is also my number five, I guess, album. Oh, yeah. Um, just a different road to get there, but that does end up the same mileage for us. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ultimately, then, we, we uh, have said this darkness count, the evilometer is uh, set to only two here, and that's with a little bit of a stretching. Uh, really not that big of a deal. Um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night. Or day.